<laughs> yeah, man, we had an awesome time at Falls Creek this, this past week. And, man, Central's, man, we're influencers at Falls Creek. Our, our girl, high school girls won the volleyball championship over here. They got their shirts on today. Yeah, that was awesome. And, and also, Ryland, um, y'all pray for him this next week. He's actually getting an opportunity to lead worship at Falls Creek uh, next, well, actually tomorrow, like you're leaving here in a little bit um, to head to Falls Creek. So yeah, that's awesome. I mean, he has the opportunity, yeah, to, to lead, you know, five to 7,000 students in worship um, all this next week. So, man, a great opportunity to, to be a part of what God's doing um, in and around Oklahoma. We took 104 students, or students and adults, and we had a, an awesome time. God really moved uh, in the lives of, of our people. So thank you for praying for, for them over this past week. Um, well, my name is Clayton, and I'm the senior pastor here at Central, and I'm glad you guys are here with us today. And we're jumping into a brand new series, and I want you guys to have an opportunity to scan the QR code that just went off the screen. Sorry, uh, my bad. Um, and uh, opportunity to, to, to get those so you can, you can follow along with the, the message um, today, because uh, yes, we are jumping into a, a brand new um, series we're going to be going through uh, through a lot of this this summer called um, Ordinary um, Heroes and and to to begin this series I want to show you uh, just a, a picture on the screen here of some famous inventions that that you probably know of the ones that are that are glamorous and glitzy and everybody understands like like the iPhone the iPhone has changed our lives hasn't it. Can you imagine or remember what, time, what it was like when before iPhones? Some of you are too young for that, but some of you guys remember what it was like before smartphones. I remember uh, one of my, my, my dad's buddies had, uh, had the original like car phone, you know, where it was attached to the car and it would honk when, when someone would call. And that was awesome back, back in the day. Um, but then like laptop computers, that has changed our lives. Some of you remember the first computers when they were, they were the size of entire rooms and they did like simple math equations. It took all this extra power to, to be able to do that. I mean, right here, you've got the, the Starship that is like this new, uh, this new technology that we are trying to send people to, to planets on. And we're uh, preparing for that as, as a people. And you got the Tesla, you got the electric cars. Like life has changed for, for us. And we look at these inventions, and these are the famous ones, the ones that we look at and go, man, that has changed our lives. But also know that there are some ordinary inventions that I would say have changed our lives even more. Here's a couple of them on the screen right here. Like we got the, the, the light bulb, obviously. You got the, the wheel and the axle that, is, that has changed, uh, changed the world. You got, up here is uh, some papyrus, papyrus paper that was invented about 5,000 years ago. And it has changed your life, whether you know it or not. Or steel. Steel is... Maybe one of the, the greatest inventions uh, of our modern era that has revolutionized our society. There are some things in our lives that I would say that are ordinary, some ordinary inventions, but they have actually made a huge impact in our lives. Well, if you go into the Bible, there are some, there are some famous people in the Bible as well. The ones that are glitzy and glamorous, okay, the ones that you know about, like, like Paul or Moses or, or David, um, um, Mary, some people that you would look at and go, man, I know about them, some people that, that we have heard about growing up. They're the famous ones. 
But they're not just the famous ones in Scripture that made impact. There are some ordinary people that have made some incredible impacts in this world that we would like to look at today. The last, several, the last next weeks, couple weeks, we're going to look at some of these, these people that we need to hear from. We need to hear their stories. We need to hear um, what they had to say, the things that they, they did. We need to be encouraged by their lives because here's the truth this morning. Pretty much all of us in this room, all of us that are watching online, we're just like them. We are ordinary. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. We are normal people. And we probably won't be famous. But we got to realize that our identity is not in the number of people who know us, but rather in the fact that we are known by God. That's what it's all about. And if you don't believe me, I'm going to ask you just to stick around. Over the next several weeks, we're going to look through these people. And I'm going to ask you to be open to the stories that they have to, to share to the lives they have to share, and to the lessons that God wants to to give us through these people's lives. And so today, we're going to look at our first guy, and to to hear about his story, we got to go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. So you have your Bibles, you can turn there, and it'll be up here on the screen. But I want to read um, some, uh, some scripture here this morning to introduce you to our first candidate of an ordinary hero. So Paul writes to Timothy. We're not talking about Paul today. He's famous. We're not even talking about Timothy because he's pretty famous too. But here's what he says in this personal ending to the second letter. He says, Timothy, please come as as soon as you can. Uh, Demas, he's deserted me because he loves the things of this life and has gone to Thessalonica. We're not going to talk about Demas either, okay? He says, uh, Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus has gone to Dalmatia. And he ends and says this, only Luke is with me. And today I'd like to talk with you and share about this guy named Luke. You maybe go, hey, I, I know about Luke because I got the, got the gospel of Luke. And you're right, but do you know about the guy named Luke? Now, Luke, yes, he wrote the gospel of Luke. He also wrote Acts. And they're actually part one and part two of a kind of a one main book talking about Jesus' life and then the early church. And for some reason, we kind of threw John in the middle in between them, but, but they're written uh, by the same guy named Luke. He was a, he was a medical doctor. He was a, a friend of Paul. And he actually never talked about himself, really. He never mentioned himself. But Paul does three times, and we just read one of the times he did. Now, Luke was ordinary. He was not a disciple or an original disciple, and he was not an apostle. Apostle is, was an eyewitness of Jesus' life. He never saw Jesus face to face. He never got to witness his miracles. He never got to hear from Jesus' mouth his teachings. He was an ordinary guy just like you and me, but he left an incredible impact. In the lives of the people he was around when he was alive, but also in our lives as well. So, you have the four Gospels. Everybody knows about the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Well, Matthew, he was, he was an eyewitness of Jesus' life. He was a tax collector. Jesus saves him, calls him to be a disciple. He followed Jesus for three years, and he got to write down everything that he saw. So, when you read Matthew, this is, this is Matthew's eyewitness testimony. 
You also have John. John was also one of the disciples, and his stories, from his perspective, are the eyewitness testimony of himself. Um, you have Mark. Well, Mark's, Mark's testimony was actually from Peter, so it almost, almost should be called Peter, <laughs> but the gospel. But, but when you read Mark, you got to understand it's talking about, about Peter's uh, experience. And so Mark evidently got, this, got Peter and sat down with him, and Peter wrote or said, hey, here's all the things that, that, that I witnessed. And so that's where we have Mark. But Luke's gospel is completely different. It's totally different perspective than the, than the other ones. And I want us to look at that today. So if you have your Bibles, you can also turn to Luke chapter 1. We're going to read a couple verses where Luke introduces his gospel. And I think it's, it's pretty incredible what he has to say. Here's what he says in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 1. He says, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. So... Luke writes to this guy named Theophilus. And we don't know a whole lot about this guy, but he writes to him for a purpose. And the purpose, he said, is so that you can know Jesus. So let me go back in, in verse 1, and let's, let's break it down a little bit. Again, he says this, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile and narrative the things that have been accomplished um, uh, among us. He says, says hey, here's, here's Clayton's translation. Guys, a lot has already been written about this. Okay, there was eyewitness testimony, people had written things, there was an oral history that was being passed down from uh, family to family and, and uh, from in, in town to town of things that actually happened in those places. And in fact, the, the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Mark were probably already written by the time Luke writes his Gospel. And so he had those with him, uh, we, we believe. But he goes on and says this in the next couple of verses. He says, just as those who were from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent uh, Theophilus. And so the question is, why did he actually write it? If we already have these, these uh, other writings, we already have these other stories, people who were compiling things, why did, why did Luke write what he wrote? Well, he says that there was a purpose behind it. There's a reason why he wrote, wrote what he wrote. You see, Luke, it says that I had an, he says I had an opportunity to do something, to do something different than ever, nobody else had an opportunity to do. He actually got to travel with Paul. And so, so what happened is Luke, in, in the middle of this, what he's talking about here, Luke actually spent a lot of time traveling with Paul from place to place and from, from town to town, not just on these missionary journeys, but actually in the, the nation of Israel where uh, towns where Jesus was at, where he, places where he actually spoke and, and taught people and performed miracles. And he walked around from place to place and he interviewed people. He got to see what was happening? So picture this. Luke is, is traveling around. He probably has Mark's gospel with him. Now, it wasn't a book. It was like a scroll back then. You can imagine him taking that with him, and he's got sticky notes all over it, and he's, he's written commentaries aside. And so he knows the stories, and he's going from town to town, and he's beginning to talk to people. And he's, he's doing ministry. They're starting churches. And then people are coming to him and saying, man, I've got a story to tell you. 
And so Luke begins to write down these things that other people are beginning to to tell. And he he looks and and finds out if they're true or not and get another eyewitness testimony. And he gets to hear about people that were healed by Jesus and get to hear some of the things that that Jesus had to say. And he probably went to guys like like, uh, Jairus and and sat down with him and his wife and his daughter who who was dead at one time. And Jesus rose from the grave and he said, hey, what was that all like? How did this actually happen? I want to hear from you. He probably went to Jericho. According to Luke, he went and, and interviewed Zacchaeus. He said, Zacchaeus, what was that like when Jesus called you? He said, hey, I'm going to your house. Like, tell me what that was all like. Maybe he actually went to Jerusalem and maybe got to meet some of the, the soldiers who, when Jesus was crucified, they were on duty. And they had to be a part of that. And they said, he said, what was that all about? Luke went around and got these eyewitness testimony of what actually happened. And you know what happened? He heard some stories that no one else had heard before. He got to hear some stories that the other gospels actually had, had omitted. Um, and it's okay that the gospels, they're, they're a little bit different. I mean, this past week we were at, we were at Falls Creek, like we've been talking about, and, and everybody's got a different perspective of, of camp. And so, uh, man, I have done student ministry camp for 15 years. And so I told Noah, our student pastor, I said, Noah, I'd like to go to camp. I'm not staying with the kids, okay? Like, it's just not happening. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I've done, been there, done that, and I've, I've paid my dues. And so I, I stayed at the hotel. And it was fabulous, guys. That is the way you need to do youth camp. I'm just telling you. Had my own bathroom, had my own bed, and it was just awesome. And, and every morning I would wake up, and I was refreshed, everybody. I mean, I was just refreshed. And I would get up in the morning, and uh, I would go to the cabin where everybody was at, and I'd open the door, and it was time for, 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 lunch, for breakfast. And I'd open the door, and everybody's just walking around like zombies. They're just like, and I'm like, hey, guys, y'all ready for a day? And the kids are like, oh, yeah. Right, and, and what, what happened last night? Well, we stayed up until 3 a.m. and had to get up at 7, and you do that, you know, that over and over and over again. And, and I was like, man, I, I've got it good. I got it, got it good. That's how you do it. And I've got a story to tell about camp, but it's from my perspective. And you go talk to some of the, the adults, and they have a different perspective. You talk to the teenagers, they have a different perspective, and it's a perspective of the same thing. And that's kind of what it was like for these gospel writers. And Luke got to hear some stories that had never been told. In fact, there, were, there are six miracles that Jesus performed that are only found in Luke. Why? Because he probably went and talked to those people one-on-one. There are 35 parables in all combined in all of the Gospels. Do you know that 19 of them are only found in Luke's Gospel? Why? Because he went and sat down with people who were sitting next to Jesus when he shared those parables. If it wasn't for Luke, we would, we would not have some incredible stories. We would not know about the Good Samaritan. And we would not know about the prodigal son if it wasn't for Luke. Luke, he heard from these eyewitnesses and he had to share. It's kind of, that's, that's kind of a, that's a great lesson, isn't it? When you hear the gospel, when you hear about Jesus, and you don't just keep it to yourself, right? You say, you know, I need to share this with people. It would have been great personal um, notes for, for Luke if he just kept all that stuff to himself and he went back home and read them and said, oh, praise the Lord, right? It would have been great. But he said, you know what, I need to share this with other people. There's a pastor um, uh, in, in Tennessee. He's, a, he's an author and pastor. And here's, his name's uh, Robbie Galati. And here's what he says about sharing the message. He says this, the gospel came to you because it's heading to someone else. 
God saved you to be a, a conduit through whom his glorious, life-changing gospel would flow to others. Man, that, that's a great uh, word this morning about our lives. That our lives, the gospel should not stay with us. It should go to other people. That's, that's, that's the message that, that Luke shared. That's what he did. He passed on the gospel. Now, we're so thankful that he passed on the gospel, but also Luke passed on a model for us to follow. And today, I think that is a great message for us. You see, Luke, he saw his life as ministry. He had, he had, a, he had an incredible life, incredible opportunities, but he saw his life as ministry. And the question today is, do you see your life as ministry? Or do you see it separate? I mean, it's easy for us to separate our lives and say, well, this is what I do at the church. This is what I do um, for, for God. This is my time for that. And this is my time for my, myself, my family, my career, all those things that are separated. And Luke says, no, no, no. The model I want to show you is that life should be connected. You should see your life as ministry. You see your, your talents as ministry. You see your opportunities, your, your hobbies, the relationships you have, even some bad things that have happened in your past. You see them as opportunities to be a difference maker in other people's lives. That's what Luke did. And what he did, he, he did something that I want to call, like to call leverage. He leveraged his life for the glory of God. What is leverage? Well, leverage is the art of using something that you already possess to achieve something new and better. And successful people in this world today, they know how to use leverage. They know how to take something, a little bit, little thing that they have and possess, and they know how to, to exponentially grow it. Successful people know how to take like an ounce of courage. All of us have some amount of courage, but they know how to take that little bit of courage and do some things that we're not willing to, to try. That's what successful people do. They know how to, to take just a little bit of knowledge. Usually it's from the past. Usually it's from mistakes or lessons that they have learned. And they know how to take that and turn it into the next step or action. You know what that's called? It's called wisdom. That's what wisdom is. Wisdom is when you take knowledge and you actually apply it to your, your life. And successful people know how to learn from their mistakes. They know how to, to see what other people are doing successfully, and they know how to leverage that. They also know how to take just simple connections that they have with, with other people. A simple conversation they had at a restaurant. A conversation they had at Thanksgiving, and they know how to turn those things and leverage them for what's next in their life. Successful people take every opportunity and the time that they have, and they know how to, to leverage those things. When I was real young, um, just getting started out in ministry, I volunteered for, for camp ministry. And for three months one summer, I did camp ministry. It was, whew, it was a lot. I mean, just... Day after day, all this kind of work, and um, I was a young guy in the middle of college, and, and uh, we had this old broken down trailer that needed to be moved, and, and it, it was in a flat tire, and I'm like, I've changed a tire before, I know what I'm doing, so I'll, I'll, I'll get this. So um, I got the tools out and everything, and, and went over there, and I'm uh, trying to get the, this old rusty wheel to, to turn the, the lug nuts, and I'm just turning as, as hard as I can to get these, uh, this, this, this wheel to, to come off, and and I would turn it so hard, the guys 
it would budge just a little bit and it would smoke. Anybody ever smoked a, a, a lug nut like that? Man, it's crazy. Like, yes, I'm, I'm about to get it. And this, this old man comes up to me. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, trying to get this off. And he's like, you're turning it the wrong way. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I learned right then the righty-tighty, lefty-loosey whole thing, you know. And um, I, I was, I, guys, I was, I was tightening those things down so much. And so now we had to untighten them, and, uh, and I, I just couldn't budge them. And he said, hold on. And he goes back to his, his, the back of his pickup truck, and he pulls out this long pipe, and he says, stick this on the end of, of the, the tool and, and, uh, and watch, watch this. And so I do that, and he goes over to the end of it. And it was long, about five feet long. And he just kind of goes real softly, and just moves it. And right then I learned about leverage. Leverage is taking this opportunity, this, this thing that you have, and using it in such a way that you end up doing more than you could have done by itself. That's what leverage is. And Luke was a leverage pro. He knew how to leverage his life. I'm going to talk about this here real quickly, the different ways he leveraged his life. First, here's what he did. Luke leveraged his position. We don't know a whole lot about him, but we can infer some things. One of them is, is that Luke was well-educated. I mean, if he's a doctor, he's educated. And he, he, he wrote in this classical Greek style. And so if you ever read the original languages, and it's kind of boring, Staff is like, never talk about the Greek on stage, Clayton, don't do it. But, but, uh, but he, he wrote in a different style of Greek. And so if you, if you compare it to the other Gospels, they're very basic, like common Greek. And Luke writes completely different because he was well-educated. It's beautiful. He also had incredible resources. You know what probably the, the biggest resource he had? He probably had some money, guys. He probably did. I mean, he was a medical doctor, and he had the ability to evidently stop what he was doing and just travel around. Who would like to do that? You know, a lot of you guys would like to, you know what that takes? It takes money to do that. Evidently, Luke said, I'm in, I'm in, let's go. And he had the ability to fund that for years, going around and ministering with Paul and getting this eyewitness testimony. He leveraged God's gifts in his life. For God's glory. And the question today is this. What about you? He leveraged his, his position. Have you leveraged your position? Some of you have kids that are grown and gone. And you remember those days where your life was just consumed with kids. And you had no free time for anything. And the idea of using your life for, for some significant ministry, I mean, that's off the table. Now your kids are you're grown and you got some, you got some time on your hands. Are you leveraging that time for God's glory? Some of you do not live paycheck to paycheck. A lot of us do, okay? Live paycheck to paycheck. But God has blessed some of you and you don't. And are you using those resources for God's glory? Some of you have some incredible passions for some crazy stuff. You know, I mean, just some hobbies, some interests. Well, you know what? There are other people that have those same hobbies and, and interests. Are you leveraging those for, for God's glory? Some of you are, you may not realize it, but you're influencers online. Some of you guys want to be even bigger influencers online. And you've got hundreds of followers. Some of you have thousands of followers. Are you leveraging that position for yourself? Or are you leveraging it for God's glory? Luke leveraged his position for God's glory. Here's another thing he did. He leveraged his profession for God's glory. He was... He was a skilled doctor, 
And he knew, if you're a doctor, you know how to study. And so evidently Luke, he knew how to take great notes. He knew how to, to think through different scenarios and compile these incredible narratives about the life of Jesus and then also about the early church. He knew how to take all those things and create it in, in such a way that makes sense to us. He knew how to study. He knew how to take um, incredible notes. And some of the, the gospel um, narrative actually focuses on some, some really cool um, medical miracles that Jesus performed. Why do you think Luke talked about those? Well, because that's, that's what he lived and breathed. He understood just how devastating that was for people and how it changed their lives when they were healed. And so he leveraged his profession to be able to give us this kind of information. But I also believe, this is inferring a lot, but I also believe that Luke used his expertise in an incredible way with Paul. I believe that actually Luke might have been Paul's personal doctor. He traveled so much with Paul, and Paul evidently had a, a thorn in his flesh. We don't know what it was. Maybe it was a, some type of um, physical ailment. We're not, I'm not sure. But Paul went through a lot, guys. You, look, you read his story. I mean, he was, he was beaten a lot. I mean, he was, he was stoned. Um, that's not 21st century stoned, okay? He was like stoned, um, you know, where he, he's almost killed, right? And, yeah, and he, he went through imprisonments. Um, he was shipwrecked three times. And you know who was there for almost all of it? Luke. I believe that Luke might have been there for a specific purpose to help Paul through it all. I'd go so far as to say this, that without Luke, we may not have any writings from Paul. He might not have made it. Without Luke, we may not even have the gospel the way that we have it today. Because there was a time when, when Paul wanted to go one way, and God said, no, I want you to go another way. I want you to go west. The Macedonian call. And if he wasn't in a position to do that, if his life had been wrecked, and he wouldn't ha didn't have a personal physician, he may not have been able to, to answer that call. Luke has had a great impact on our lives. What about you? Have you leveraged your profession, your skills, for the glory of God. Some of you are educators. Some of you are coaches. Some of you are business leaders. Some of you guys are, are students and athletes. You are experts in your field. Are you leveraging that for the glory of God? I got a, a really good friend of mine. He's a dentist, and, and he, uh, he's one of those dentists that are talkers. You know what I'm talking about? That ask all sorts of questions, and so you're sitting in the chair. You're uncomfortable to begin with, and he's like, open your mouth, and ah, and he's like, he's like, so how's your day going, you know? And you're like, ah, ah, ah. like how do you even interpret what they're saying? And he's just that guy. And, but he, it's amazing because he sees his job not just as, as being a dentist, but an opportunity to invest in people's lives. And people continue to come back to him because of his relationship with them. He cares about them. And he cares so much that he even uses um, that his, his abilities and his talents to, to do work for free for people that are really struggling. And they, wouldn't, they don't have the resources to be able to afford dental work. And he does those things. Why does he do it that way that he does it? Because he's using his profession for the glory of God. Not for himself. And it's awesome. Are you as well? Luke did. And finally, Luke, he used his personal connections. Luke used his personal connections for the glory of God. We've already talked about him and Paul. Paul was a really close friend of his. And it's pretty interesting. If you go back to, to the, the, the book of Acts, 
and you get to chapter 16, the narrative changes. And all of a sudden, it's, it looks like someone's writing from afar about what's happening to the early church. And then you get into these things that are called the famous we passages of Scripture. And it's where Luke begins to insert himself into the story because he was there. This week I counted them. There's 63 times that he uses the word we in Acts 16 and beyond to talk about all these moments and things that that Luke was actually there. You know what the famous shipwreck story of of Paul? Where he's, he's, uh, they're shipwrecked on this reef and they get to this island and uh, there's snake bites them and all this crazy stuff. You know who was there? Luke was there for all of it. It's pretty crazy. He leveraged his personal connection to be able to share stories with all of us. I mean, he was on the mission trip team, guys. Like he had the t-shirt and everything. Like he was, he was there, you know. He was there. It opened up doors for him to be able to hear eyewitness testimony and to share things that we would never know if he wasn't there. Another relationship that he used and influenced was Theophilus. We don't know a whole lot about this guy, but evidently he was an important man. But regardless, Luke used that relationship not to get something from him, but to give something to him. He says, I've given you this message so that you would know about Jesus. What about your personal connections? You've got Neighbors, you've got friends, you've got co-workers, you've got um, people you go to school with, you have your, your family. All of those, all of those relationships, I see them as doors, opportunities that are just cracked open just a little bit. And when you want to get into a door, you know, sometimes you've got to put your foot in so the door doesn't close. And it's, this is the leverage for our lives, where we can to take that relationship and say, hey, I'm your neighbor. Like, hey, hello. Like, hi. And you get to use that moment, that relationship to talk to them about Jesus, to share the love of Jesus with them. And, man, you don't have to go take a Bible and stump them on the head with a Bible, but you can love them in Jesus' name. Every one of us has a multitude of opportunities to love people in Jesus' name. Are we doing it? Luke did. Luke did. Finally, I'd like to go back to verses 3 and 4. And I paraphrased it a little bit, but I, I couldn't get over this one statement. Here's what Luke said. He said, it seemed good to me also. Like he already had these other accounts, and it would have been good. And he said, you know what? It just, it just seemed good for me also to, to write an orderly account to you that you may have certainty. Have you ever had that moment where you're like, you know what, my life is good, other people doing ministry? You know what, it it seems good to me also. I need to get in the game. And I need to be a part of God's work in my life and in other people's lives. Why? To introduce them to Jesus. How can you and I introduce people to Jesus? How can we leverage our lives for the glory of God? Because the message is important. The message that you're a sinner and you need a Savior. Jesus came and died on the cross to save you from your sins. That is a message we need to tell the world. Are we doing it? Are we doing it? Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you for the message today. Thank you for the love that you give us despite all the times where we 
don't answer that call. We don't leverage our lives the way we should. And I thank you for, I thank you for Luke and the example that he set for us. We don't know a whole lot about him, about him, but God, his life has made a huge impact on billions of people because he was willing to leverage his life for the glory of God. And I pray that you would help us to see what that's like in each of our lives. Maybe it's relationships, maybe it's positions, maybe it's skills, the things that a lot of times we hold on to as if we created them, as if we did all the work and we own them. But God, no, you have given us all things. From those relationships to the resources we have, God, and I pray that you would convict us when we try to hold on to those things for our own glory. And I pray, God, we would see our lives as opportunities to leverage them for your glory and tell people about you. I pray, Lord, for anyone that's here this morning or listening right now who does not have a relationship with Jesus. God, convict them today. Help them to see their need of a Savior. I pray, Lord, that they would trust in you today. Thank you for ordinary people who do some incredible things when they give their lives to Jesus. May we be the same. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We are super glad that you decided to join us today. And if you watch us every week, we're so glad that you join us. And if you're watching right now for the very first time, um, we wanna just say, welcome to the family. We're so glad that you're here. Um, if you're someone who during the message, you thought, you know what? I want to know more about Christ. I wanna give my life to Jesus. And I, I want to know what it means to be forgiven. Uh, we want to connect with you. So if you could text forgiven to 94,000, and that way, one of our ministers can reach out to you and you can begin that conversation of knowing how God can change your life. Um, here at Central, we truly do believe that Jesus changes everything. See you guys later.